Champions of Psychology is meant as education and entertainment. It is not a substitute for medical advice or professional counseling. Discussion of mental health topics will be primarily rooted in research and the personal experiences and self-disclosures of the hosts. While we can provide generalized education and possible mental health resources, we cannot offer any recommendations, advice, or opinions for any specific persons, cases, or situations. We provide these resources and links at our sole discretion, but have not necessarily vetted or reviewed any resource. We assume no liability for the use of the information or resources on these sites, and we encourage you to use your own best judgment. Hello, welcome to Champions of Psychology, a show with the goal of openly talking about mental health and gaming presented by Codename Entertainment and TakeThis.org. Every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time here on Twitch.tv slash Games, or later on your favorite podcast service, Mitra Jordan and Rafael Bucamazzo, a.k.a. Dr. B, talk about mental health in these unprecedented times, as well as how gaming affects us. If you hear this live in the chat, you can leave a question that I, Trevor Bettis, will ask them later in the show. Uh, our topic today is nostalgia, uh, but before we get to that, Mitra, Dr. B, who are you for the fine folks who may not know? So I'm a therapist practicing in Victoria, British Columbia. Um, I work in private practice and I work with couples and individuals. I do family therapy and I often end up uh, talking about games and how games can bring people and uh, people together and uh, adult parent, parents closer to their children. So yeah, and I noticed that Trevor, you said every Tuesday at 11, and so oh god yeah it's tuesday at noon oh my god it's sorry it's gonna take me a little bit my apologies my goodness <laughs> he's nostalgic for 11. oh my god times jay were simpler an hour ago see on my screen it seemed like the audio desync wasn't that bad but jay has just alerted me uh that it is uh, a bit more noticeable than usual so apologies i i literally updated everything i could think of i'm gonna find a physical manifestation of exploit today and i'm probably going to hurt it uh so I'm, i apologize for the desync i'm gonna really try i'm i'm gonna try and switch programs i think is champions of psychology do. does not advocate violence yeah please yeah yeah violence. yeah yeah uh it uh just you know <laughs> i'm not happy with it uh dr b who are you apparently the voice of the disclaimer is who i am <laughs> please consult a doctor before harming explet uh, not this kind of doctor mm. <laughs> <laughs> um so I am a non-practicing doctor of clinical psychology. I am the clinical director over at TakeThis.org, which was the first mental health nonprofit to serve the game community. Our mission is all about destigmatizing and educating on mental health matters within our game community, hence why I'm here, because I, I, I'm a gamer, you're a gamer, we're all a gamer. Oh, God, now I'm going into Toys R Us Kids. I'm, I'm going to get... A, I'm going to get... Boy, nostalgia all over the place. I'm also an expert on the applied use of games and apparently a font of pop culture knowledge that comes out at inappropriate times big mood mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> it's going to come out a lot today yes yeah my goal my not goal, necessarily I mean, inappropriately well, <laughs> just know, generally I, I think with this nostalgia thing i need to reveal one of my life goals mm -hmm. and that is to be grandpa simpson <laughs> that one of my goals just yelling at clouds no, not yelling at clouds, but the but the Grandpa Simpson who tells long-winded stories that don't go anywhere. <laughs> I want to have grandkids and tell them about 
the time I tied an onion to my belt, which was the style at the time. Because <laughs> you see, I was taking okay, the ferries to the San Juan yet. Islands and the ferries in those days only cost $5. And, you, and those days, $5 had a picture of a bee on them. And yeah, it... <laughs> Oh, this is going to be fantastic. Yeah. I'm really excited about this episode. <laughs> so, I just got way more excited. Couldn't get the white onions because of the war. <laughs> Personally like to braid the green ones. Thank you. Mm. Thank you. And mm. wear them as a necklace. It's fresh. <laughs> it's less garlicky. Hashtag fresh. <laughs> um, so... You know, as we do with most of our, our shows, I think it's good to start with a uh, definition. What do we mean uh, when we're saying nostalgia? Like, what, what, how are we defining that? Uh, well, we're going to uh, – so it, it's interesting. The, the definition of nostalgia has changed over the centuries, okay? Um, originally, in I believe the 16th century when it was coined, it was, it, it was the name of a sickness specifically applied to Swiss mercenaries. Uh, it, it was it was based on the Greek uh, nostos, which meant homecoming, and algos, which meant either ache or pain. So it was it was this longing for home that was considered a variant of melancholy. But over this over the centuries, it has come to mean a sort of wistful longing for the past that a lot of us can think about events in our life with with fondness. And memories. Um, I think of certain events in my teens and my early twenties with a certain certain amount of joy, and maybe even a longing to have those kind of times again. Oh my God! Oh, that is. I give my pun crown to whoever just said that what? in the chat. What was it? So nostalgia isn't what it used to be. I <laughs> bow. <laughs> Yes, that's right. Well done. <laughs> well done. <laughs> uh, that that was a, a oh, safe two. Oh, we got two. some witty yeah. ones today. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, well done indeed. Um, okay, so <laughs> I'm, I've totally I, lost my train of thought. I, there. I am. I that good night, everyone. Yeah, we no, we're done. Yeah, we just won just, the internet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Jeez. Um, so. That you know, that's what nostalgia came from. How did it change? Like, do we know why it changed? I mean, language just—I don't know exactly why, but I can speculate. Language just changes over, over time. Mm -hmm. I mean, at this mm -hmm. point, thanks to thanks to Rob Lowe and Parks and Recreation, the word "literally" can now mean literally or figuratively, oh, which God. just baffles me. <laughs> So yes, you cannot predict how language is going to change. But I think this piece around coming home is still pretty significant because like familiarity, that which we, that which we grew up around or that which we loved or that which relates to when we're young or not so young. Anyway, yes, mm -hmm. familiarity and missing it when things change or missing parts of ourselves that we connected to because now we're different or now we don't get to be that self in this present moment yeah i was young and beautiful once <laughs> like that you're yes. gonna hear that voice a lot today I think. I'm, I'm here for it i'm here for it <laughs> i was once young 
So how does, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 he's enacting grandpa, just great. Keep going. <laughs> um, how does nostalgia apply today and specifically in the terms that we're going to be talking about? Well, okay, so in doing, in looking at some of the research uh, that's been done on this, there one of the consistent things that was brought up is the idea that this wistfulness about our past can connect us to who we are now. And if there is congruence in that, like who we are and who we've become, there are positive psychological benefits. And if, if, uh, if her work is going with the same theme, my God. Um, and I mean, people are already bringing up some of the stereotypes in the chat that I kind of wanted to, that I kind of, that I, I think we're going to end up talking about, you know, back in my day Perfect. when children had respect. No, they didn't read newspapers. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, they may have been a little less overt at times about their, their uh, form of rebellion or lack of respect, but the, the fact is every generation has wanted to be authentic to themselves, whatever that may mean, and they want to differentiate from their parents' generation in some way or another. So that is part of it. And what are manners anyway? You know? Okay, you two are like. Uh, no, <laughs> no, I, 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 I was thinking, do I, can I actually point out a vicious swath fork? And actually, I can't, but. Uh, but that's only because I'm a kitchen snob. And also, <laughs> Vichy swath forks are really useful for getting out seafood bits. So, I mean, it's kind of what they're for. But, um, it, it, yeah, it, I'm thinking about this. And it's a really interesting fact. It's a really interesting thing that nostalgia can anchor us to certain places and time. And it, it can help give us a, a sort of existential meaning. Because, of course, how we remember the past influences who we are as a person today whether whether that's in conjunction with the past or in reaction to mm. like there's I, I i'll just call myself out on this there's a lot of stuff that was not great in my childhood mm -hmm. and uh the, you know there's a certain stereotype of why people go into mental health and in certain respects i fall into that <laughs> um you know, I, being an undiagnosed autistic kid, I, you know, I went into this field because I don't want kids to grow up the way I grew up, being ostracized and feeling not included. And so subsequently, a lot of the hobbies I had at the time, I can get wistful for mm. because they were my refuge. They were my solace. They mm. were the thing that I escaped all the pain of my everyday life to get into. But mm. I, I don't know if any of you have tried playing the original Mega Man recently. It's... It is harder than I remember it. <laughs> it's so hard. <laughs> it is it was punishingly brutal then. It is worse now. I will like specifically with that. Like one of the things that I realized because you know, like I I remember as a kid, you know, playing th some of these games for so long, and then when you actually look at how much game there is there, like taking all difficulty out, like just level by level and everything, they're not that long. They lasted that long because they were brutally hard, and just all I everyone have to do is has a speed tunnel. <laughs> And uh and yeah, everyone's just like, oh yeah, no, I, I loved that game, but like compared to like even Dark Souls now, it's so punishing. Exactly. But yeah, it's it, it oh I'm sorry, Mitra. No, please go on. 
You guys are in a beautiful little. Uh, <laughs> well, it, this, I, let's let's actually bring that up because this this is something I know you want to talk about. That now here here mm -hmm. Trevor and I are connecting over a shared experience, mm -hmm. and there you are just going, "Yep, let them have their moment." Absolutely, it's not it's not my uh, my shared experience, but I enjoy the fact that you're connecting over it and that it's significant to the two of you. And I think this is a piece around nostalgia. Um, who is able to join in in those moments and, and who isn't. Um, and so one of the things we were gonna talk about was culture and nostalgia and that piece around, uh, particularly if you're um, an immigrant or from an immigrant family, if you're from the diaspora of your culture, you first of all know um, that you can't go home, that going home means, um, entering a culture that didn't exist when you left and is so therefore is now different, has evolved in its own way, um, and you also have evolved. So as anyone who's moved to a different country knows, our experiences change us and we can be nostalgic for something but not necessarily return to it and we might also not be able to connect with the broader culture around us initially, right? And share in their culture. Um, we may want to, but we may have very different experiences um, mm -hmm. and many different things that create nostalgia. Um, so, but there are films that, you know, I got to experience at the same time as people everywhere else in the world. And of course, right now, the world is so much more global. So we can have these shared experiences now much more than we could when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and I, I think you're bringing up something really important, Mitra, because there's there are there are differences in terms of like personal nostalgia versus historical nostalgia. Absolutely. And when when we when the three of us first started talking about this topic, we it was interesting to think about what shaped us in our personal lives in terms of uh, interp uh, interpersonal experiences just within ourselves and versus intrapersonal experiences that we had with other people. And we can, we can talk about, well, let me take that back a moment thinking about how certain historical experiences that we take for granted as uh, as just expected or normal um mm -hmm. if i start quoting anchorman am i am i going to be the only one who's with it or is this going to be something that you also experienced and enjoyed mitra same thing with like super troopers or movies aka the original memes kids uh, <laughs> when you had to just quote movies for like three months <laughs> I remember about that. <laughs> See, I'm I'm doing it in real life. I'm like, yeah, back in my day. Back in my day. We had to just quote movies incessantly. <laughs> we did. We did. Yeah, Absolutely. And, and then if uh, someone didn't get it and you were like, oh, it was this really awesome movie that was just in theaters, wait like nine months and you'll be able to see it at home. Maybe right. you rented a blockbuster. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I feel like now we're getting into like South Park territory of member berries. Uh, member berries. Uh, Remember when blockbusters were a thing? 
Oh, yes, yes, I do. Um, <laughs> actually, I just recently, <laughs> I saw, this is into the nostalgia thing. Someone was so nostalgic for Blockbuster, they found out that on eBay, they people are selling the clamshell cases from, like, that had the VHSs in them. So they bought a bunch of them and put them on their shelves. And I'm like, that's amazing. Uh <laughs> okay, that that full on makes me feel old. Um absolutely. I mean right there. Which I, I think is an effect nostalgia can absolutely have on one. Yeah. Um it can create a sense of togetherness. And sometimes when we're nostalgic about something that others don't share the same way, it can create a sense of, of separateness too. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. and it, it, cre it can create uh, for good and for ill a sense of group cohesion, which is, you know, one of the, thi one of the things I was uh, alluding to and talking about a, a sense of historical nostalgia. Uh, nostalgia. Mm -hmm. uh, like if you experience this, you're clearly a member of, you know, my group. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And oh, yeah, it's like it's like all the that's like the those freaking Facebook posts is like, if you don't remember this, you were. And it's just like, I, oh, God, can oh. we stop with that? I hate yeah. those. Well, I, I mean, it's it's really interesting for as a sort of mild social experiment for me to go into a certain Facebook group that is about the neighborhood in which I grew up. And it's it, it is I remember, you know, in certain neighborhood went before it was cool. And it's a, it's often a bunch of, up until recently, it was a bunch of people in their 60s and 70s reminiscing on stuff no one else cared about. Mm. But unfortunately, mm -hmm. now it's the people I grew up with mm. who are talking about how much better the neighborhood was back then. Mm. And I'm like, I, listen, it was cool and all, but <laughs> um, we got handmade noodles now. Yeah. I, can, I can walk there and... That's great. I just got to get there early enough so they don't sell out and then close because that's what they do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I will say I find the food so much better in my city right now. And it's because of this. It's because there's more diversity in the city and there's been changes. And so yeah. there's also more interesting food. And uh, I am not super nostalgic about the, the lack of that. Yeah. You know, before. Oh, yeah. No, so, like, oh, go, go. go on. Well, what, what I was going to say is like it, it, it reminds me of like, you know, when I was like five years out of high school or anything like that, and someone would be like, "Oh, don't you miss high school?" I'd be like, "Absolutely not, and oh, not in God. any way, shape, no. or form." God no. <laughs> 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 Where it like some people like related on that, and I absolutely did. I'm like, I do not have nostalgia for that in any way, and and I do think that sometimes when you don't have nostalgia for something that you were present for, the people that do have the nostalgia kind of look at you weird. And it's like, but why oh God, not? Yeah. And it's like, because it didn't resonate with me. And in high school, it's freaking terrible. Oh, um, yeah. it, like, like, you know, if it was a show or something that's like, Oh yeah, I remember that being on, but I didn't really watch it. How did you not watch it? And it's like easy. I changed the channel. Uh, <laughs> yeah. There was a knob and it went click. Yeah, oh god. <laughs> there was a big box that you went ka-chunk and it changed. Um but uh but yeah, w w there there was something that I wanted to kind of steer the the conversation to because it was a question uh that came up that we did actually want to talk about and I want to give credit to the person that asked it. Uh Monkey House uh said question, uh are there common differences in nostalgia tied to gender? Definitely. I mean, I, I didn't find anything in the cursory research that I did, <laughs> but I want to preface it with there. I did, you know, I, 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 this is not like I wrote a term paper on this. So I, uh, 
did fairly cursory research on this topic. Um, but I know Mitra has a lot to say on this. I do, and for several reasons, not just because I was born female and my pronouns are she, her, but because that's actually a fairly new thing to say. Um, and just even in saying that, I know it can make people uncomfortable to hear me say, hey, I recognize I was born female. My initials are, are she, her, and not everyone who was born female stays with those same initials, right? And this is a very new thing. You know, when I was in my teens, <clears throat> the first group of um, gay teenagers was sort of becoming more common. Many of them were also being thrown out of their homes. Um, and, and when so, you say more common, you mean more public. I mean more public. That's what I mean. It was more, actually, no, I also mean it was more common to come out in your teens for the first time. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, there were a lot of people prior to that who were closeted until they were adults out of their family homes, for example, able to live life on their own terms, right? It wasn't so common to come out in your teens when you were still vulnerable to your families, right? It's still not so common to come out as a trans person because you are still vulnerable to your families. We are in the first generation of kids who are coming out early. Now, that's not what this show is about. But what this show is about is looking at generationally what's common and what's not. What do we yearn for? What do we miss? And from a gender perspective, this is a huge one. From a gender and sexuality perspective as well, in terms of having a little more safety and freedom in the world, right? In terms of also not necessarily being a white person. Because when we talk about nostalgia in North American society, um, and from a Eurocentric place, what we're often talking about is straight, white, cis. And then if we get into gender and female versus male advantages, we're talking about women having fewer advantages in the world, and certainly non-straight and non-cis people having even fewer. So when we talk about going back to a simpler time, we need to really consider who we're leaving out of the conversation, right? Right. Yeah. Well, and it's, <clears throat> it's, it, it's even thinking about, uh, even thinking about, um, I mean, you're, let me st start over again. I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, a lot of the times when we think about, you know, better times through the lens of dominant culture, it's um, it, it is through that cis white male right. lens in North America, and we were talk we were talking about this and that the uh, how uptight a lot of those a lot of those times were, and it's when we think about that through that historical lens that ignores so many of the of the cultural complexities that existed when it you know redlining um it being repressed in terms of um being repressed in terms of your gender identity being repressed in terms of sexual identity being repressed in terms of all sorts of stuff that stuff gets left out and there was there was a study that was done, um, I think, in 2012 on uh, recollections of apartheid in South Africa, and it was the same thing. You had a very you had a very clear split 
on mm -hmm. who was remembering things how. And some people remembered it as a really great time. Well, guess which group of people that was? Others remembered it as a time of a lot more complexity. Right. And that's where you run into problems with nostalgia is the selective remembrance. Because people, um, people, we don't tend to remember things the way they actually happen. We remember things the way they fit our narratives. Right. Um, I'm going to um, address something in, in the chat that I just noticed right now. Folks, there is nothing wrong with being straight white and cis. And, and our culture makes it way easier to be straight white and cis. Yup. That's the piece that is relevant here, is the piece around privilege. If you are straight white and cis, you in this world do have more privilege. It may not always stuff. feel like Oof. it. I totally get that. Of course, you can be rejected from work. Of course, all of this. And, and yeah, but, but it's up to you to educate yourself to better understand this question, which is not what today's show is about. But I wanted to address it because, of course, we are talking about gender and we are talking about nostalgia. And we are, of course, also talking about culture. So... Um, so obviously like there is problems with nostalgia as well. Like it's not just, um, like a lot of people have like, like, oh, nostalgia is so great. Like I, I miss the, the old days of watching eighties cartoons and like funny enough, like eighties cartoons kind of like sparked the idea for this one, because like, honestly, <laughs> if you go back and watch them, they're not great. <laughs> like they're great to remember. They're, really they're great. To, like, like I would not at all tell my nephews. That, that are like 10 and whatnot, go watch the 80s Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. They're like, no, I have new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Why would I go back and watch those? Because they don't have the connection that I do. And I'm not going to have the connection that they do. And neither will the next generation have the connection with their Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Well, we're looking at those. I mean, you, you and I were talking about this, Trevor. And I, I used to um, I used to love the, the movie Mystery Men, mm -hmm. you know, when it came out in 1998. Mm -hmm. Okay. I loved it at the time. I was also watching it through a teenage lens and I understood yeah. it through a teenage lens. I actually recently went and rewatched the movie Mystery Men with a friend of mine who went to, who was a film school graduate and also an expert on um on uh, feminist uh, feminist history and theory and it was enlightening <laughs> to say the least yeah. to watch that movie with my friend who was an expert on this topic and you know, she's just going through like, yeah, here's this and this and this and this. And I'm like, ooh, yeah, ooh, yeah, things I couldn't have spotted when I was 17. Yeah. And now looking, you know, I, I remember that through the, the lens of having a 17-year-old's understanding. Mm -hmm. And um, now now I, I'm watching it with a more complex understanding. I'm like, yep, nope, fair play to you. Fair play to you. I can't just have a rosy lens around that movie or other movies or other TV shows. Yeah. Um, yeah, the social milieu is really interesting because we take for granted um, whatever it is in terms of those messages that we grow up around too. So sometimes I'll watch something now and be like, ooh, that really didn't age well. 
you know, there was a bunch of friends, of, uh, yeah. you know, anti-feminist or homophobic or transphobic or whatever, you know, the sorts of jokes or whatever it is, right? Um, that, you know, in some ways, I can still relate to what maybe it meant to me then, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. But I recognize how I've changed now. And that's good. Yeah. That's positive. That's not just progress, but that's also interesting to notice about the self. And, and so in that way, we can still sort of recognize um, from a nostalgia perspective, what something meant to us at the time that we were engaging with it, why it was fun, how our friends and us, how we connected over it, all of that. And yet we can still look at it and go, hmm, yeah, okay. You know, mm-hmm. maybe I'm not passing, maybe I'm not passing this one forward. You know, maybe I'm not really sort of saying, hey, kids, come sit down and watch the show because it's not going to mean the same thing to them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's a, a lot of, the, especially media, it's anchored in, it, it's anchored in the zeitgeist of its time. And if we, if we want to watch shows like, I mean, God, um, married with children oh my god if you if for those of you who have if anybody has ever gone back and watched married with children i just started re-watching the first season just for giggles and oh my god it is such a relic of its time 1987 yeah and it was this it was this subversive um it was this subversive thing at the time. Now it's just cringeworthy. Oh, it's so yeah, it is extremely cringy. Um, yeah, yeah, no, and and that's like definitely something that nostalgia does. Where like I like I I have the memories of enjoying it. Like that's kind of like the thing that I usually hold on to. It's the the memory of enjoying it and the and a few memories from the show that I really loved. And I and and yeah, the stuff that would now today be problematic, I don't remember and I don't think about uh, until I do go back and watch it and go, oh, yeah, oh no, how far we've come, yeah, yeah, and I mean, like, there's there's stuff still where it's just like, oh yeah, no, I really loved that one, and someone will be like, oh, except for all the trans jokes, I go, the what? Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, oh, sorry. Go ahead, go ahead, Mitra. I was just going to say, I think that um, being able to have conversations uh, with younger people who didn't grow up with this material is so great. You know, um, I think that, that being able to sort of really talk it through and enjoy it and sort of share what was enjoyed and what isn't now or what's different. The other thing that's really interesting sometimes is these remakes that are coming up. You know, if you think about the She-Ra remake, for instance, um, it's pretty fascinating to look at what the original was like and what the remake is like and what that actually says about culture. You know, which parts of that work, what did or didn't resonate with you what happens as you watch it? What do you think about this older version? You know, um, those are some great conversations that can that can happen. Um, but I also want to mention other kinds of personal nostalgia that can be really great. For example, um, 
My family grew up baking all kinds of Alice in Wonderland jokes, the original Lewis Carroll books, not the Disney version. Um, and had all, you know, it was kind of, there was a bunch of sort of quoting Jabberwocky appropriately and inappropriately sometimes <laughs> about rabbit holes and mushrooms and all sorts of things. And we thought it was, you know, we thought it was pretty hilarious. Um, and, and I still think that's pretty fun. And it's kind of a family thing that we enjoyed over the years and could reference. Uh, my mom, my aunt, my grandfather, when he was alive, I think he and my grandmother started it. And it became this sort of shared generational joke. Um, and also kind of, you know, I always enjoyed Alice in Wonderland um, and Through the Looking Glass particularly and can still quote Jabberwocky. And so it, it's, there's a real- Better than I that. can, which is impressive. <laughs> well, I gotta do something better than you can. <laughs> you do so much better than I do. We have so much fun together. Um, and so, and, and it's something that my kids, some of them enjoyed as well. So that kind of thing you know, that's really got less to do with the culture around us and more to do with sort of family and jokes and stuff that are also nostalgic for each of us, I think. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, let's take a quick break to remind our viewers and listeners of our disclaimer, and then we'll be back to talk a little bit more. So be right back. Maybe. Nope, the button didn't work. Now the button will work. Champions of Psychology is meant as education and entertainment. It is not a substitute for medical advice or professional counseling. Discussion of mental health topics will be primarily rooted in research and the personal experiences and self-disclosures of the hosts. While we can provide generalized education and possible mental health resources, we cannot offer any recommendations, advice, or opinions for any specific persons, cases, or situations. We provide these resources and links at our sole discretion, but have not necessarily vetted or reviewed any resource. We assume no liability for the use of the information or resources on these sites, and we encourage you to use your own best judgment. Okay, so what other points about nostalgia do we want to hit? Because we've talked about the good, we've talked about the bad. Um, I, like I, I think, uh, well, I'm, I'm leaving it to you. Where, where, what else do you guys want to talk about? Hmm. Gosh, boy, we've been kind of all over the place with this, haven't we? <laughs> well, let's let's. I, I do we want to talk about some of the benefits, Mitra? I think I mean, so. We've we've, ta we've talked a lot about some of the challenges and some of the pitfalls, but do we want to talk about the benefits? Yeah. Absolutely. I think that's a, a, a more balanced and nuanced perspective on this on this topic, which, you know, we like, we, we tend to like that. Mm -hmm. So, what is, so I, I know this is something that you have a lot of thoughts on. Meaning making. Mm -hmm. How does nostalgia contribute to our to meaning? So nostalgia can, I think, primarily, what I noticed certainly with with clients as well is it, it, through the lens of the meaning an event uh, or experience has for me and the identity that I have attached to that, the parts of the self that come out. Um, and nostalgia or the kind of media that we look at or the things that bring up nostalgia, whether it's an old birthday card from 20 years ago 
or a love letter from however long ago or something, what that brings up about where I was at at the time, right? It's kind of like, you know how scent can take you right back? And, and that can be a nostalgic experience mm -hmm. for sure, not just what's in the media, but there's some very personal experiences um, that we are nostalgic about. Um, and it's really useful to, to kind of examine those and connect with those parts of ourselves. Mm -hmm. So if we have a kind of shortcut via nostalgia to those parts of the self and we can be connected to them, maybe we can also bring them into the present moment. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of useful for us to be able to do. Um, so it cannot just be about, it can be about that sort of yearning for something that is lost, but it can also be uh, a reflection on the ways in which that we're still the same person. And it can be a way to carry forward aspects of the self that we love and that we don't want to lose or lose touch with, mm -hmm. or we want to get back to in some important way. Yeah. The, like what, what, like we talked earlier about like, you know, the, like if the pose, like if you don't remember this, then you're blah, blah, blah. Um, but at the same time though, that sort of nostalgia, if you share it, with someone like I found that that is a fun way to get to know someone mm -hmm. where it's like, Hey, did you, uh, uh, watch this when you were a kid? And you know, if they say no, it's okay. Because we, I mean, we've talked about it in the, the episode that we touched on like gatekeeping where it's like, how could you not have said that? It's like, don't have that yeah. reaction. That's not, no. it's not no. how you react. That's not how, uh, that, that, that's not how you make friends. Um, no, but, uh, but yeah, like I, like if, if it turns out that like we have some shared nostalgia for something in the past where someone's just like, oh man, the GameCube was such a good system. Oh my God. I loved the GameCube. Are you kidding me? Um, that is always a great way to connect. And is one of my favorite ways to connect because it, it's having a, 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 such a good memory about something. And the other person has such a good memory about something that it's just, it's a good conversation. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, definitely don't do the other way. <laughs> no, I mean, we, t we talked about that, that it's, it's, a, it's way, way more inclusive just to be like, yo, this is awesome. Yeah. You get to experience this for the first time. How for some things. <laughs> I'm excited for you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we talked about that in the, in that episode, but one of the things I would caution people about is just, <laughs> this is going to be really ironic. Remember that memory is weird. <laughs> and that, like truly as, as people, we don't remember things, generally speaking, the way they actually happened. Mm -hmm. we, we remember things in a way that fit a narrative. Yeah. And there's been lots of research on, done on this, on the inconsistence, uh, the inconsistency of like eyewitness testimony and so forth and how it's prone to bias and errors and so mm -hmm. forth. And nostalgia and our longing for the past is no different. Yeah. Mm -hmm. our, our nostalgia and longing for the past is really no different. And I, I think a, an, a, like a good way that's, you know, relevant to like the part of gaming that we talk about here is how many times has a game been remastered or remade and the, the like general consensus, is it looks how I remember it looking. 
Yeah. Like, you don't remember The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time looking the way it did. I bet you you remember how it looked on the 3DS. Like, you don't remember mm. all of the little pixels in the faces and everything like that. Uh, I, I, I vividly remember everyone saying that. And we can't even remember the games that we love how they looked. Our memories are skewed. And yeah. so I, I would caution people that if you're feeling a sense of longing and nostalgia for whatever, and we all do, Enjoy it for what it is, but no, it's not a complete picture. Mm -hmm. There's a lot more complexity to it than that. There's a lot more stuff that you probably aren't thinking about, not remembering. There's other people's experiences, other people's uh, perspectives. Like every time I every every time I hear someone say, "Well, I, I really wish I could go back to the 1960s because you know it was you know free love and safe sex and oh wait, no, it wasn't um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, free love and all that stuff." And I. <laughs> And I'm, I'm thinking about the experiences I had, the experiences certain people in my life have had who were activists for civil rights at the times, their experiences were very different. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Than the free love folks in San Francisco in 1968. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There are definitely some aspects of nostalgia that are really about the fantasy of how we wish the world was. And, you know, that's, a legitimate fantasy in the sense that we have we have a hope and desire and a yearning for things to be different at times and you know we can um we i i think we are thinking about nostalgia here in terms of uh either lived experience or the lived experience of of family members um but there's also the nostalgia of wanting to go back to a time long before our time, you know, sometimes people will talk about wishing for a simpler time, you know, before there was electricity and technology and all of these kinds of things. Um, and it's, it's difficult to imagine what the reality of all that might have been like, right? Um, and how difficult life might have been for people at that time. So, when we draw upon these ideas of nostalgia and, and maybe drawing on literature or history, we're often leaving out um, the parts that were that challenging. Uh, just as in our own memories, when we're drawing upon experiences of games we've played or things we've read or movies, whatever, um, we're, we're engaging with a memory. And we're engaging with our current perception of that memory, which is why uh, it's so skewed, which is okay. But for us to recognize the skew can be useful. So, but, you know, for us to just also enjoy that that was our history and that's what this one experience meant to us, that's important too. Mm -hmm. and, and sometimes things are, things do hold up. Sometimes thing, the experiences do hold up, but... One of the other things to consider is that sometimes it's not the actual piece of media or the activity itself that we're nostalgic for. It's the feelings that were brought up in the presence of others. Yeah. Like um, it, people are people are talking about game certain games in the chat, and I I've still got my copy of Mario Kart for the Super Nintendo. Mm -hmm. I tried playing it recently. <laughs> the graphics are they are. They were great at the time. Yep, yep. They were amazing. They were groundbreaking at the time. That mode seven was all all the rage. Um that's me with the N64 version. I remember booting <laughs> that thing up like, you know, 15 okay. years after the fact, be like, I don't remember these being sprites. 
Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it, it was what it was. And it's not, it, the game itself is pretty good still. Mm-hmm. And, but really what I'm nostalgic for is the, is the moments and the people I was playing yes. though, that with. Yes. The, yeah. To, to, to be able to go to my friend's house after school and play them and get annihilated in battle mode because I was not great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Snowed in with the N64 and yep. the Mario slip sliding away mm-hmm. snowman route oh over and over again. <laughs> Slappers only, Goldeneye. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, someone Turok. put the someone put Goldeneye out of the chat, hundred oh, percent. Yeah, yeah. And Turok, Turok was hilarious. You could make oh god, I forgot about Turok or red. You know. <laughs> I, I actually, uh, Goldeneye, man, I I remember coming back to that game in my later teens after playing like halo and 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 whatnot for so long and i remember getting into the game i'm like all right how do i look down <laughs> what <laughs> i'm why is this forward oh <laughs> um, all right so it's it's getting to the point where we're, we're we're gonna check in with chat is there any last things that either of you want to touch on before we do that nostalgia like a lot of other things has its ups and downs just please remember that it's often more complex than than we think it is um and it it can be used to nostalgia can be used to both give us a link to our past and give us hope for the future but it can also be mobilized to create divisions and in groups and out groups and we've seen that throughout history Mm -hmm. so just remember it's it there's ups and downsides and there's complexities like anything else Mm-hmm. And I would ask too that if you find yourself, um, this is kind of a little bit of a therapeutic question, but it's kind of handy. Um, if you find yourself yearning for a time, right, or an experience um, that you feel is missing in your life now, that's useful information for you about what you want to create next, what you've lost, what you've missed, what you maybe need to grieve. And, and what you need to create in a new way in your life now. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let, let's see what chat has been up to. Uh, Reaver01 comes in and says, So, nostalgia switched from longing for a physical home to longing for a metaphorical home of the heart and uh, our comfort past. Yeah. Well Such, that's, a 100%. that's a really touching way of putting it. Yeah. Well, yeah. well said, Reaver. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Um, Herkwork uh, says, uh, I would say the most important aspect of understanding uh, is uh, that the th- the thing or the moment uh, has more in, uh, is has. Oh, I cannot read. I apologize. <laughs> oh, should we do interpretive dance? Yeah, like, just over yeah. the, the yeah. question uh, over the questions like this empty cup. so let me try this over hard work i would say the most important aspect of understanding uh is that the thing or moment has to be the uh has to be important to the person so that that's yeah it's very much true like it's if it's not a a thing that they resonated with they're of course not going to have nostalgia for it like they could have been alive for it like oh, oh here here's a great one i remember uh late high school um, really loving Rocky Horror Picture Show. Like I just absolutely loved that one. And who doesn't? I, <laughs> funny enough, uh, this whole show is pretty much let's do the time warp. Uh, <laughs> um, but it, it 
it, it blew my mind when I talked to my mom about it, who was alive when the movie came out and like it became this big, you know, cult classic thing. And she never heard of it. And I was like, really? And she's like, yeah, I, I think I may have heard of it in passing. Didn't know it was a big thing. And, and that's just how it is. It wasn't important to her. It wasn't a big thing in her group of friends. So she didn't have any connection to it. Um, re uh, Let's see. Uh, uh, real bunny beast. Uh, we had to quote movies uphill through the snow both ways. Yes, <laughs> darn right. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, safe to. I think it's safe or it's Sife. I'm sorry. You're the one that had the amazing uh, nostalgia joke there. Uh, I, I, I give my pun crown to Sife too. Yep. Um, I uh, I have nostalgic moments, but they can go two ways. Sometimes it's just great to sit and reminisce about places I used to live, where I went to school, etc. But sometimes it gets overtaken by the thoughts, I wish I could go back there and, uh, and move forward with the knowledge I have now. I could do so much better. Nostalgia is a double-edged sword. 100%. 100%. Oh my Nailed god, it. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. This is one of the most difficult aspects of nostalgic experience, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. That no. Longing to no. go back there and, and, and with the experience. This is one of the, this is the great paradox of getting older, actually. Mm hmm. Yeah. No, there, there's plenty of times where that line of thought leads me down to, to that. I was like, oh, man, if I could have... I'm so nostalgic for that moment, but, man, if I had done that one thing different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Those thoughts suck. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, let's see. This is uh, Grungy Gelfling. <laughs> appreciate uh, that name that's a good one that's a really good one uh, as a parent uh, I've been excited to share things uh, from my childhood with my kids but wow there's more than a few things that just aren't right yeah oh god yeah, um, yeah there's a reason old episodes of the Muppet show and Looney Tunes have to have disclaimers on them now mm -hmm. Lauren brought that up in the chat yeah yeah yeah. Yep. Well, I mean, we're at this interesting point that media media across generations is more widely available and available more democratically than it ever has been before. And so now mm -hmm. the stuff that we couldn't be exposed to as readily, we didn't have as much access to is available for everybody. And over the last, you know, now hundred years of media and mm -hmm. we're looking at it through a modern lens and mm -hmm. through a modern lens, Looney Tunes isn't great. Mm -mm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's it's got its great moments and it's got great nostalgia things, but it also has extremely problematic and messed things, messed up things happening in it. Um, and uh, actually, the uh, the next uh, next comment from uh, Monkey House is very relevant to that, which is the ability for younger generations to have immediate access to old content without the relevant uh, cultural context is ultimately pretty damaging, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree. I think that context is everything, and being able to sort of share things um, as the older generation here in this picture, being able to share things from my generation or our generations, um, is useful in terms of helping people understand where we were at at the time. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Um. Let's see. Uh, oh, Herkwork says, uh, what's the difference between nostalgia and general memories? I've always felt that they have a ton of overlap. And I mean, I'm not 
obviously the professional here, but I would say one of them sparks a really good emotional reaction. And the other one is that time that I, you know, sat on a bench and ate my lunch in elementary school. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, please. Go on. No, I was no, 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 please. Say, if that particular bench is sparking off a feeling of loneliness or sadness because that was all the times I ate lunch at that bench by myself Aww. because all my close friends Aww. were in the other class and they organized their lunch because I had put, been put in this class, I couldn't have lunch with them. If it brings up stuff like that, then it's more than nostalgia. It's, you know, it's a strong reaction for something that's, that's um, not yet healed. Sorry, thought I'd play with that one for you. <laughs> but yeah, sometimes it's a it's a strong positive memory, of course, if it's evoking something for you, right? As opposed to just being something you remember that's not super significant to your current thinking. Mm -hmm. Um, well, I, uh, I think that is where we're going to have to end today's episode. We got, uh, we got Bardic Inspiration coming up pretty closely after this. So I, I think starting the outro now is great. Uh, thank you everybody for, uh, asking questions and putting your thoughts into the chat. Uh, I'm sorry if I didn't get a chance to read them. Uh, but, uh, Mitra, Dr. B, where can people find you on the interwebs if they would like to do so? Um, at MitraJordan.com. Um, and of course here at Mitra Jordan on Twitter. So unlike me, of course, Dr. B is available all over the place. Yeah, I'm around. <laughs> He's around. Uh, no, you can, you can find me on, uh, uh, you can find me on most socials at the Dr. B, T-H-E-E-D-O-C-T-O-R-B as in boy. And uh, additionally, make sure to follow Take This, Take This Org across pretty much all the platforms. Um, yeah, you can find me on most places too, but take this as really the, the, the place to go for all the mental health stuff that I tend to do. <laughs> I mean, but also here every Tuesday at 12 p.m. Pacific time. Except this is the last episode of the season, so not Curses! next week. <laughs> yeah, Curses, that's a good Trevor. time. Yeah. It's a good time to come in. This is the season finale of season three. Uh, we are going to take some time off and come up with a new list of shows to talk about. So if you do have any suggestions for mental health topics that you would like us to talk about on this show, um, let us know. You can tweet at any of us. Uh, you can tweet at Idol Champions. You can send it in uh, via email to uh, championspsychology at codenamedentertainment.com. We'd really love to see what you all would want us to talk about. Wait a minute, but Trevor, Absolutely. that's because we need their help to find out what the next season is for? Oh, God dang it. <laughs> You're still not getting the crown back for that one. Uh, <laughs> you can find me on the Difficulty Class podcast every Friday as well as on Champions Allure every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time uh, here on Twitch.tv slash CNE Games. And you can also find me on Twitter at the Trevor. There is an A hiding in there. Thank you, thank you, thank you to Jay for moderating in the chat today and doing an amazing job. Uh, and thank you to Codename Entertainment and Take This for giving us an opportunity to have these discussions. Uh, if you missed any part of the show today, uh, look for the podcast tomorrow because i'm not going to be editing it today i'm extremely busy i apologize <laughs> tomorrow though i promise um but yeah the uh if you're in the chat right now 
hang out. We got Bardic Inspiration starting in a little bit, and they're going to be doing a really cool song that I think y'all are going to like. And, you know, maybe if you weren't looking at Twitter during this episode for the All Champions account, maybe go check that out. Maybe there's something cool that happened I wasn't there. looking at Twitter during our show. Yeah, no, you know. I should hope you weren't. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, but but yeah, uh, like I said, this is uh, the season finale for season three. We will be back soon with a new season. Soon, TM. Uh, and uh, we'll, we'll let you know via our socials when that is happening. Uh, but that's going to do it for this season. So until next season, take care of yourself. Champions of Psychology is meant as education and entertainment. It is not a substitute for medical advice or professional counseling. Discussion of mental health topics will be primarily rooted in research and the personal experiences and self-disclosures of the hosts. While we can provide generalized education and possible mental health resources, we cannot offer any recommendations, advice, or opinions for any specific persons, cases, or situations. We provide these resources and links at our sole discretion, but have not necessarily vetted or reviewed any resource. We assume no liability for the use of the information or resources on these sites, and we encourage you to use your own best judgment.